0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Business Your Mind. This episode is a part of an ongoing series I call Gary's Own. It's dedicated to interviewing and chatting with entrepreneurs from my hometown of Gary, Indiana. In this episode, I'm talking with my friend, Ms. Asia Dickens, about her company, Asia's Dance Factory. She's sharing her journey and story, struggles and triumphs, and a bit of everything in between. This episode is amazing for a lot of reasons, but for me, to stroll down memory lane with the different uniquely Gary locations makes it that much more fun and exciting. So settle in, grab a favorite beverage, and hear how this Gary native did it, and maybe find some inspiration and motivation for your entrepreneurial journey. Thanks for joining Asia and I on Business Your Mind. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you so much again for tuning into Business Your Mind. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. This was my very first episode that I ever recorded for Business Your Mind. And there are technical difficulties in the sound quality, uh, microphones, giving feedback, things like that. But nothing too bad. The content absolutely is worth it. Please stick it out. Asia's story is incredible. And it will be totally worth it. Take a listen. Enjoy the show. Thanks again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Business Your Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Byron Rogers Jr., and I am joined today by my friend Asia Dickens. Yeah. She <laughs> go ahead and say hi. Say hi. Hello,
1: hello, hello. All right. All
0: right. <laughs> she is the owner and founder of Asia's Dance Factory, based out of Gary, Indiana. And yeah. it is a dance school, so we're just gonna get right into it. No, I
1: appreciate
0: that. Okay. So just so you guys know how much of a boss she is, she's based in Thailand right now. And she was, when we had our pre-show yesterday, she was running her shop from 15 <laughs> hours ahead. <laughs> she, 15 hours, like it's, no, sorry, it's 13 hours. It's 15 hours from me over here in California, based in California, but 13 hours ahead of her, her, of her shops. Uh, I call it shop, you know, like business, uh, 13 oh. hours ahead. So that's what's up. Mm-hmm. So Asia, no, you know, and it, oh go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say it's, it's amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'll, I'll have my moment when I'm gonna brag about you a little bit, you know. That's gonna come a little later on. Right now, we're just gonna get right into it. So I want to hear your story, like let's let's go. Okay, let's hear what, you, what your story.
1: Asia's Asia's Dance Factory, you know, came from a, a beautiful concept. I was working at a dance studio, and how could I say it? Um, we, we we met at a crossroads and I kind of just decided to walk away um, from teaching dance. And then um, one of the parents kind of came to me with this idea, like, you know, so you're just not going to teach anymore. And I'm like, you know, if it comes around, I will. And this, it was a dance day. He was very persistent and just kept coming back to me. And one day he um told me he was driving with his daughters so and I loved all three of his girls. And he said, you know, Aj, I just passed Albany's Candy Factory and I know you say you don't want to do it, but you should name it Asia's Dance Factory. And when he said that, I was like- That's interesting. Okay, you kind of got my attention. And from there, he ended up connecting me with one of his business partners and his wife. And we just sat down at dinner one day and they laid out all these goals that they saw me doing. And I'm gonna be completely honest, when I was sitting there, I did not see what they saw. And they were like, you know, um, you could charge $500 for a tuition. I remember these numbers. You could charge $500 for a tuition. And, you know, if you get this many dancers, that'll be this much profit. You do these five weeks. Um, Let's find this building. We're going to do it at the uh, Omni and Cherville. I have a membership there. I know somebody. I mean, laid out my entire plan. It was almost as if really um, an you. artist is. Yeah, they loved me. And I felt like an artist side into a record deal. And you listening to everybody telling you what you're doing. I mean, and I'm just. A bright 26-year-old, like,
0: yeah, wow. okay,
1: <laughs> let's do it. And long story short, we ended up making plans to do a summer camp. And that was like the inauguration of Asia's Dance Factory being put out into the public. And everything did not go as planned. Of course. But um, here we are, 11 years later, you know, in our own facility. But that story is so interesting to see how that summer even went. But to see where I am now, I... I haven't told that story in a long time and it's beautiful to know
0: where we came from. Yeah, So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to unpack that story. So like one thing, one thing I noticed, you said, it said something about the numbers and I just kind of chimed just now. You said something about numbers. And I was like, you know what? One of the things that I know that I struggle with when I'm trying to, you know, figure out how to price stuff, we we get scared. Mm -hmm. We try. and, And I came to a realization and I always say this to anybody, um, don't try to think for other people's wallet. It's not your money, you know? Huh. It's like, don't try to think. And that pricing thing, because you remember those numbers. You're like, ooh, can I charge that much? And it's like, <laughs> we all been there. Like, can I charge that much? It's like, yeah, you can charge Hesh, that much. Right Especially there. when you got a cheerleader right there in your corner doing it. So that's awesome. I want to I go back a little further, though. I want to go back mm-hmm. to the beginning. How did you get started in okay. dance? Let's go there. Wow. Okay, How old were you? so... How old were you when you got started in dance?
1: So this yeah. is... I'm I'm sharing details. I'm sharing. It's 11:11. 11, 11. I love recognizing synchronicities. Mm-hmm. It's 11:11 11, 11 a.m. here. But <laughs> wow. um, I the first time I remember like performing was honestly when I went to Elka in preschool. And the no funny good. thing is, my mom had a has a sister. Well, they they both have passed. My mom and her sister, um, they really love the art. And my aunt was actually a dancer. I, I found this out later on in life. But my mom would put us in talent shows when I was in preschool. And I remember my mom like telling us, act like an alley cat. And she would, you know, you're going to have to crawl up to the stage and act like a cat. So me and my sisters laugh at these stories. And then in first grade, we did, um, was it the night before Christmas? And I was cast as a sugar plum fairy. And I remember Ooh, being little okay, and nice, having a leotard nice. on and going, never did anything else with it. My mom put me in... Um, and band. Um, I I tried the flute. I tried photography. Um, I went to the boys and girls club. I tried basketball. I did not like basketball. Um, And then I I loved running, but I found out I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And then somehow or another, a lady from Emerson ended up coming to the boys and girls club and the director made all of the girls try dance. Like, cause you know, they, they didn't give us a choice. They made us all try it. And when I went, you know, I was just like, oh, these are the shoes you use to stand on your, your toes with. And she laughed and she was like, these aren't it, but I can show you, you know, what you use them for. And every day I went back, it was always something like, dang, like, oh, it's like that. And then I started realizing, oh, this is coming natural to me. How like, it's not like the other. I was nine.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: I was older. It's not like the other things. Like you know, I was good at playing the flute, but I wasn't interested. I was good at taking pictures, but I didn't like it. Like I was trying, and I I remember trying French. My mama put me in Russian classes in the Russian, summer. Like wow, my mom's, yeah, I had Russian for a summer, and they had this program called Sail at Gareth Community I, School. I remember that. I think it was like. It was like Russian, Japanese, Arabic, German. You could try all these languages for like six weeks. And I just remember, I'm like, just try everything. But yeah, nine years old, I remember the Boys and Girls Club taking classes and I got hooked. And I just remember people saying it, like, you good. Like, you shouldn't stop. And then when we put on the show and people were saying, like, you did really good. Like, you should. And I kept hearing my name a lot. And then when they would have awards, hate. You know, like, why is she getting all the awards? Oh, and I'm course, like, oh, I, I got something. Like, yeah. I found it. Yeah. And so that was fourth grade. And that, that next year, yeah, that next year, that teacher, she said, you know, you're about to be in sixth grade. Where do you want to go, you know, for middle school? And I'm like, my sister, um, one sister's at Emerson already and one sister's at Beckman. And she was okay. like, you should definitely go to Emerson.
0: Okay. Wow. Emerson. And I
1: auditioned and I made it. And that, that started a lot for me. So
0: a little backstory on Emerson. Emerson yeah, Emerson VPA School of Visual yeah, of Arts. Yeah, Emerson it is school, Gary, Indiana. Uh, it was Gary, Indiana's only performing arts school. They had band. They had dance. They had art majors. They oh, had, oh. um, that's uh, a band already. So your band. They had pyrotechnics. They even had technical stuff. It was pretty
1: cool. Yeah. I feel like, oh, and acting. Yeah, technical theater. And,
0: yes, and, and, and drama. Acting. Yeah, so drama. So they had. So this was a school in Gary, Gary Community Schools, Gary, Indiana. Shout out to Gary, Indiana. If you're from Gary, yeah, Indiana. yeah, GI, GI, Love. But yeah, Emerson was the talent center of, especially in the dance. I gotta say, the dance program was immaculate because I worked with the dance program, um, just uh, working in my alma mater, West Side High School, and we had one of the we had the finest theater in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> Um, it, was, it was big. It was, it was massive. So you know, a lot of big shows coming in out of this. I did technical theater there. I think that's, that's how we initially came across each other. You, you know, your recitals. Yeah. and Doing lyrics. Yeah, doing lyrics, and then also <laughs> the spring recital when you guys were coming there. So that's that's our connection. That was 20 years ago. You know, 20 plus years ago actually. Yeah. And, uh, when we, uh, my younger sister graduated 20 years ago <laughs> this year. So um, <laughs> she's gonna be mad I said that, but nonetheless. So that, yeah, wow. So when you're nine years old, and that's when you just kind of got, you kind of just got thrusted into it. But then you realize that, hey, I'm good at this. And and who doesn't (laughs) like being good at something? Yeah. You know, and And knowing and
1: getting it confirmed and affirmed.
0: Being good at it and liking it, you know, because you can be good at something (laughs) and not like it. Because that's, you know, we all have been there. We're just like, I'm good at it, but I don't like doing it. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. so that's how I was with track. Like, I was good at it, I just didn't like doing it. Just yeah. really how it was. Wow, so nine I completely years old. get
1: it.
0: You know, and you hear stories that like people start when they're four, but like you know, four or five years old. People like I, I remember I was in a diaper. I was like, I don't know how true that is. Most people don't remember anything <laughs> before age of five, but you know, when they get older. But I don't know, maybe so. But mm-hmm. wow, so so Asia, nine years old. As you said, you're pushing on forty. What was the, the experience like going going into as you were going through the years, going through high school, you went to a performing arts school. You know what was after that? Mm-hmm. After you graduated from high school, what 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 came next? What what's the journey? Let's talk, let's talk about your journey there.
1: So um, my sophomore year, I have to go back. My sophomore year, we um our dance department kind of it, it came crumbling down in shambles because teachers ended up leaving, and we got a new instructor. Oh. And this instructor, you know, he was met with controversy because he was a man, mm-hmm. and a lot of people, you know, they're used to. They're used to what they're used to, and they don't like to embrace change openly. And he was different. He wasn't like you know the past instructors where it was all about recitals. He wanted to know what else were we providing for these dancers as far as opportunities go once they leave the school. So his first year, he was very quiet, and I was a troublemaker. This is um, high school? Around the, This is high school, so okay. my sophomore year in high okay. school. I was, a, I was a troublemaker in a sense that I had a mouth and I would speak up for myself. Okay. And my mom knew this, and she would back me up to a certain extent, but she would always tell me, you know, try not to be disrespectful, but I didn't understand what that meant. And this teacher, um, when he came, and he met with, he was met with all this controversy, a lot of people didn't like him. They tried to get him fired. They gave him a class, and they gave him points to try to, you know, see if he knew his chops, if he, you know, was hired for the right reasons. And they created this point class, and they only put two students in it, me and another young lady. Oops.
0: That's how good. Don't me worry. and
1: another young lady. And the other young lady, she wasn't serious about dances. I was. And when I started at the Boys and Girls Club, the teacher that came from Emerson, she started putting me on an advanced track where by 12, I was already learning how to get on point. And if you know the history of Emerson, anybody who's listening that went to Emerson, you were only given the opportunity to get on point when you were a freshman in high school. So that's close to 15, almost 16. I was being put on point at 12. Wow. So by the time you know, I got to Emerson, they weren't teaching me how to get on point. I already knew. Like, and I was being taught and I was really good. And by the time they put me in his class, you know, he's asking, well, do you all know how to get on point? And she, of course said no, and I'm like, yeah, I, I t- I've taken point before. So he ends up, um, you know, really noticing that I'm good at it. So by the time all the controversy blows over and I become a junior, He comes out of the bag of, you know, this is how I want the season to run. This is how I see things going. And he hit us with so many opportunities to perform that, you know, you couldn't help but embrace his change because he he was creating so many different opportunities. And around the springtime of my junior year, he told the dance department, hey, um, we're about to go audition for Ballet Chicago and Alvin Ailey. Now, you know, growing up in a black community, you hear, you know, these companies yes you're hearing yes. you're hearing them in these schools you know a performing art school they push art education mm-hmm. so that was the first time i think our school ever you know got the opportunity to go over to chicago and audition let alone just go see a show that's so wow. when i auditioned i didn't know that yeah exactly. yeah that he was the first one to take us mr mr larry brewer like i love that's, like I was. that's who i thought he's yeah. a mentor to me that's who i thought was yep i
0: know larry uh, shout out to him to Um uh, But, yeah, that's what I thought you were talking about. I didn't want to say his name without being 100% sure, but I I (laughs) kind of figured that's who you were talking about. Larry Brewer.
1: Wow. That that man. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: Changed my life. He changed my life. Wow. And he took us, he took maybe 15 of us over to Chicago.
0: And he's talented, man. And it's just like, yeah, that's awesome. Wow. That's, so, Asia, so basically you guys were immersed into not just... It wasn't just like your, you know, the little kitty, oh, we're just doing this cuz it's cute. This was the real deal. You guys were like <laughs> put in there. You went to an actual audition. You know, yeah. for Chicago what is it called? Chicago Uh
1: we went to Ballet Chicago's Ballet Chicago. audition and Alvin Ailey's Summer Intensive audition. Wow.
0: wow. Now, I, I know I don't know if you remember um Alvin Ailey came to Westside They audio. did. They yeah,
1: did.
0: That was really cool. I got a chance to uh work with them. I'm not not as a dancer. I work in technical, but mm-hmm. to see that that I was around dance a lot because of the recitals and because of the um, the different groups that came in and out of shout out to Westside Theater Guild and those were those, those were amazing experiences right and and just yeah, I was in the arts myself but this is not about me but to see that to see Alvin it's just like wow you really kind of saw that technical I had no idea though that you guys were like going out, that you guys were even put by your teacher at, in high school like mm-hmm. into these intensives, and like on a track. That's incredible, that's incredible. I have to ask. So in addition to your middle school and high school training, were you doing additional training?
1: No, I, I could not because I was raised by a single mother. My parents divorced when I was around eight or nine. And it's funny the timeline, how they crossed. I started right. dance at what age? Yep, and nine years old, my yeah. parents, my parents split around that time and um, my mom couldn't afford it. And when I got to Emerson and I realized, oh, Emerson, OK, they do dance. But then you started talking to other classmates and it's like, oh, you take class somewhere else. I'm like, oh, mom, they take class in Maryville. Can we go take class in Maryville? She said, you can't. <laughs> you better do your best at Emerson. Like that was okay. my message. Okay. Do, do your best with what you can do. So, no, I was not able to take additional classes. That's real. You'll understand why my mission is what it is with Asia's Dance Factory and (laughs) why I I work so hard for community.
0: Okay, so so I'm just going to recap a little bit before we move on here. Mm -hmm. You started off, you kind of just thrusted into it. You tried a lot of different things. You took to dance. Not only it turned out that you were actually pretty good at it, but Mm -hmm. you enjoyed it and you were good at it. So that's like a match made in heaven right there. And then Mm -hmm. you started going to Emerson VPA, uh, you had a teacher. Some controversy around the male teacher and everything, but he he was the one that really started putting exposing you to the dance world beyond this Gary bubble, but the actual dance yes. world.
1: And oh that, God, yes.
0: What did that do for you? Like, I mean, just as a kid, you know, 15, 16 years old. What did that do for you? I mean, what, for your mind. Like, what? Where? Do you remember that? Like, like that exposure, that first time. Like, let's dive into that a little bit.
1: Um, all I could think of when we would do shows at Emerson like the Fall Reviews and Talent Shows I remember like that opening a whole nother world for me because I realized I love to create and Emerson even though I love to dance I realized oh I like to actually put the dances together and you know performing is beautiful people love watching me but I love putting something and watching it and you all enjoying what you're seeing. So Emerson, you know, opened that whole door for me. So when Mr. Brewer came with the opportunity to go and go amongst the stars, go amongst these companies that are gonna make me connect to this person and, you know, I could be on this show, I just remember it was like fireworks. (laughs) Like, Oh, this is real. Like I can actually go like this company that my mom bought me this VHS tape with Alvin Ailey. And when Alvin Ailey came to Gary, you know the funny story? All Gary schools were invited and Emerson did not get a seat. (laughs) Really? Really? Funny story. The entire city was invited. And when Emerson got there, we watched from the lobby and they felt so bad. And, you know, they, they ended up making a fire hazard. And then we got kicked out because we were sitting in the aisle. It was so packed. And it was so crazy, I'm gonna get back to the the, the goal at hand. But afterwards they ended up letting us watch the rehearsal before they did the night show. Yeah, yeah. So we got to see Alvin Ailey rehearse Mm -hmm. before they did their evening performance. And I'm like, that did so much more for me because it's like, and this is how they rehearse. So, and fast forward, I auditioned for Summer Intensive my junior year and Mr. Brewer gave me that opportunity and like I I made it. I remember cursing out a teacher like my senior year because I had came back from doing the Ailey Summer Intensive and I had got all this experience. And when I came back, we got another teacher change in addition to Mr. Brewer. And I'm like, when she came back, I was like, yo, she whack. And you know, I'm coming back from New York and, you know, I want to be challenged. And she didn't challenge me, but I challenged her because I I spoke up and I was like, I think your shit's whack. Okay. And I remember, like, her telling me, like, I can't talk to her like that. And I'm like, well, you can't be giving us this bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? You can't. Right, right, right. Give, give, me, give me some depth. Like, she would do repetitive choreography, and it would bother me. Because I'm like, I just danced in New York. I just took all these classes. I'm a senior. Like, I'm I'm trying to go back to Alvin Ailey for school. And she blamed me. And I remember I cursed her out. I'm serious in front of everybody. And saying this to her, like, like, why are you even here at this type of school? And when I went to the principal, same thing in the fifth grade, though. I'm i fast forwarding. I'm going to go back before to the principal. Oh, Get a report yeah. card. This yeah. time there's a C in dance. Wow. So my mom like, oh, hell no. Like, Asian, you know, Asian make C. Yeah, yeah. So my mom like, you know, what's the issue? And they, they tried to say it because this grade, that she didn't show up. That's, that's and really And I'm smart with it.
0: It's really interesting. One of the things that you you know you were talking about how you went to New York, you went to that intensive, but you weren't like braggadocious or bragging about. You weren't like oh I'm better than everybody. You were just looking at like from a purely. I imagine you were looking at this from a purely technical standpoint. You're just like Mm -hmm. this is simple shit. Like why why are we doing this? (laughs) You know it's like why are we doing this? Let's let's move on. We are we are seniors and juniors in this class, and you doing this. And so, you know, of course, like you said, authority, especially back then, doesn't like being challenged. And it wasn't so much uh, being disrespectful. I mean, granted, as adults, we can probably look back and say, maybe there's a better way to say I it. Will,
1: I I push the border. Yeah. It's
0: like, maybe <laughs> there's a better way to say it, but the point was, it's like, imagine if you came to her like how you would now as an adult, it's like, look, I just came back from this. I'm not saying I'm better, but I just think that the talent in this class, your talent pool that you have, you're being safe. Push us, challenge us. Push you know, for you guys listening this is this is a human being right this is a real person this is not somebody that's like oh i'm, I'm a celebrity da 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 i mean she's done her things for sure but this is like a real human being even the very accomplished dancers that i
1: was seeing on a regular basis at alvin ailey like yeah. debbie allen coming in to work with them desmond richardson coming in to teach class and then you just i'm like i'm seeing all this to come back to you giving me plea not just giving me plie but just not caring but i will say this i wrote her off but she ended up teaching pas de deux, which is partnering and you know that was new but i had wrote her off already but i didn't even get <laughs> to I didn't get the benefits of that. So she did bring she did bring back her choreography was whack to me. But she did um, introduce partnering and she did help Mr. Brewer. And then there was another teacher that came over from Westside, and she would always encourage me. And her name was Miss Tony Simpson. And I love yes. Lisa, Miss Tony. Miss Tony. Yes. And
0: Miss
1: Tony, Miss Tony got my life together in this way because oh my when we would always dance at Westside and come over. And one day. Cause I didn't just do Emerson when I got to high school. I ended up dancing with um, it's equivalent to break dancers having their own crews. I had like a, a dance group called Mega House, and we would do like footwork and oh, and you wow. know all the trendy TikTok dances. They call you know like we do TikToks. We would be doing like you know house dancing, right, like performing. Like, at that parties was very though, yeah. yeah performing at parties and 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 parades and you know parades. that was the yeah. that was my outlet i had to be um a technical dancer learning ballet and contemporary in school and i could get out of school and i could buck for my life i could go listen to all this rap music and create all his dances so i had the best of both worlds yep, yep. wow and miss Tony okay. was she was she brought to the table on top of that instructor and mr brewer she would push me because she would say, if you want to do this professionally, like I know you are, like, you can't F around. Like, and she would talk to me like that. Like, she would tell me I couldn't yes, F around. Yes, and this this one day, she had a dress rehearsal, and I wanted to go do this performance where my house group was going to be on oh. Gary Love TV. Oh. And I'm oh. like, "Oh, dress oh. rehearsal? For the show, but a performance. Oh, and I'm me and Ronaldo. Ronaldo's in Alvin Ailey, right? In Alvin Ailey's company, and we were both in this house group, and we both missed the dress rehearsal. We were late. We were like thirty minutes to an hour late. She walked up to us, and she said, "I'm gonna say this one time. Who the fuck you think you are?" Yep, that sounds (laughs) just like Miss Tony. You you haven't arrived. You ain't made it. And she said, "You think that you can go miss the dress rehearsal to be on TV?" She said get the fuck out of my rehearsal and i was just like <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: and, and the thing is like i can hear it i can hear her saying it. you're like oh excuse me I'm like wait was she really talking to me like this yes she was yes, yes she was, was. Mm-hmm. Oh, but wow. i needed
1: that i but i'm like and i'm like i, I went i apologize to her because i'm like oh she you know she miss tony i didn't mean it like but I, I needed a teacher like that. And I'm not saying I didn't need the other teacher because adversity makes character. True, true. So I needed her, too, in my senior year because, to me, they were preparing me for life. I needed all three of them for different moments. Because Mr. Brewer, my junior senior after I made it to Ailey and I did the summer intensive for eight weeks, like, after getting all this type of love and then I come back, Mr. Brewer's like, I'm not playing with you. If there's something you want to do, you can't get mad at her and then decide you want to skip class. Yep. And then I was like, Mr. Brew, I made it. I made it into Ailey like by senior year. This is why I'm going to college. Like, you know, this is the letter I've been waiting on. So long story short, I went to Ailey, did the eight weeks. I was supposed to, you know, go back to get a BFA. I didn't make it into the BFA program because my grades sucked. Oh
0: wow. You know, I
1: stopped caring, Oh, I stopped caring about my grades. My grades suck. I didn't make it into the BFA program, but they had an independent study or certificate program. You you wouldn't get a degree, but you can get a certificate and do three years. And if you worked good, you can transfer from the certificate into BFA. Wow, so I was crazy. like, I got an N. I I got an in. I, you, Mr. Brewer, here's my letter. He took my letter, boggled up, and threw it on the floor. And he said, You ain't been working all year. And you think I care about that letter? You don't even care about that letter. And I was like, Ooh.
0: Okay. Ooh-wee, ooh-wee, this
1: is getting juicy. This is getting good. senior life adversity and walking into adulthood, I had the best experience my senior year when I look back on it because real life hit me like a ton of bricks my senior year. Yeah. And it was like, okay, this is where I'm going. But, you know, I did end up going, but I didn't get my acceptance letter until May. So this whole time I was thinking I'm going to Columbia and Chicago. I was kind of sad about it because I'm like, I don't want to stay home. Like, I just went to New York. So when that letter came in May, and then he balled it up in my face, and I'm like, dang. So wow.
0: yeah. Wow. So let's talk about happened. that. I was actually about to go right into that, like, after high school. So, okay, so you graduated high school, then what?
1: Mm-hmm. I ended up going to Alvin Ailey. Um, I went for I thought was a certificate program, but um, no, I ended up actually going into an independent study program, which is only two years, and it's almost like you're going to see what life is like. You know how they say there's people that are goal-oriented and they go to college. There are people that go into a trade. And then there's MFs like me that kinda like
0: <laughs> kind of
1: like... Yeah. Like, don't know. Like, yeah. I, was that, I was that girl that didn't know. My mom had a degree and my father didn't. You know what I mean? And my father made more money than my mother. So to me, my mom never enforced me getting a degree. Because she didn't apply, you know, she didn't use hers to the best of her ability. So I grew up in a household that ended up being split that told me work or, you know, work with a passion, do what you love to do. So after high school and I went to Ailey, I did that independent study program and I ended up kind of like just not being focused, not being focused. And I ended up coming home. So in that time I did classes and then I ended up just stopped going to classes and working, working in bars. Wow. me and different people going to different auditions, but not really being serious and going to auditions and letting New York eat me alive in a sense that I wasn't even trying to thrive. I was really just existing because it's almost like you're not even dancing no more. And you've been here for two and a half years. And now in your half of the end where you? you're not even at Ailey. You're not even going here anymore. So I ended up moving back home and two and a half years later. So I graduated in 03 and I moved back home by 06.
0: Wow. Wow. How did that make you feel? What what kind of mindset did that put you in? I mean, it's just you knew what you were doing, but you were doing it. It's like you were, you were consciously doing it. You knew what you were doing. How did that make you feel? And why did you keep doing it?
1: It made me feel like I failed. It made me feel like I failed on my dreams that I set out for myself. I did not hit the mark. You know what I mean? True. And I have been a person that you know, it was goal oriented. If I set myself out to do it, if I got the opportunity. If I only got the opportunity, but I felt like I failed. And then on the back end, I'm like, damn, I failed my mom. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I failed the that's person that's been looking out for me the most. Right, right, And by that time, I, um, I was, I think I was about to turn 21. Mm-hmm. And so when I came home, I went through this period of just like, I, I think it was depression now that I really look back on it, just just being down on myself. But that was in January and by that fall semester, I just enrolled into IUN because I'm like, you know, let me let me do something with myself. No let more. me no. enroll in classes. And then I end up liking school. So wow. my journey that. went there, but, but I wasn't dancing. I stopped dancing completely wow. for almost three years. Three years,
0: wow. So, okay, so you stopped dancing. How did you get mm-hmm. back into
1: dancing? Clubbing. Ha! <laughs> Clubbing, okay. I, I ended up getting a job, and I said three years. It may have been two. Okay, because I don't I couldn't see myself stopping that long. But I ended up working okay. at an Italian restaurant and it was a cute little Italian um, Italian uh, eatery. And it was very a cute little upscale Italian restaurant. Wow. And they ended up saying they wanted to do more like poetry and open mic. And I started connecting with people that were coming, and then one of my classmates, a Mansu, ended up coming and coming to the open mic and dancing. It's he's a like H- right Asian. Oh my God, and he's a like a brother. big brother to me. Yeah. And I'm like, I came I'm up like, with Mansu. I,
0: I came up with the Mansu. We went to elementary school together, and he went to Emerson, but I we came up together in elementary school, and we were the tumblers, Man. and when we did the plays, we were the ones flipping on the stage. That was me and Mansu. Uh, wow! So I've known him for a very long time. You know, shout out to Amonsu if you're listening to this brother. That, that's, that's a good deal. Such dude. a
1: small world oh, like for real. It, just saw...
0: Wow. So you came back after about two or three years, right? And and mm-hmm. you got back in and so how did how did working at this restaurant like really get you back in there?
1: Well, um, I was dating somebody at the time that was an aspiring rapper. <laughs> so funny. But he was actually really good. And he he's he was actually an artist, like a um a visual artist, like mm-hmm. could draw. Um, my mom was a seamstress and he liked to put designs together. So he was like an artistic mind. Like, and I'm saying a rapper because that was the lane that he was really in at the time. But he was more of a renaissance man the more I look back on it. Cause he dabbled into poetry, he dabbled into art, he dabbled into fashion. And I just remember when I was dating him, the owner of the restaurant wanted to start an open mic night and okay. he helped coordinate it. So when wow. he had coordinated, of course, I was either at work or I would just come to the events. Okay. So when I started seeing all these people performing, of course, what is it doing? It's pulling at me. It's saying, right, like, right. get back in there. And one day I performed and I was like, okay, so where do I go from here now that I just performed? And Amasu just hit me. He was like, yo, Brewer got a studio. Like, he's not just at Emerson. He has another studio. And at this time, I don't know why me and Mr. Brewer weren't seeing eye to eye, but we just – we weren't on the same page. And we do this. Like, you know how he he brought balled up my paper and threw it. He he's a tough love, you know, he gives me tough love. Old school. He's like he's very, a second dad. Oh my he's God. He's very old school. And we were just into it. And I don't even know why we were into it. And he was like, girl, just go up there. Like, he love you. Just go up there. And he ended up buying a building that was literally across the tracks. Like, I could see it from the restaurant. Oh, and wow. he okay. was he was in the, the middle of refurbishing it. And I ended up going to his building and lo and behold, like I started teaching there. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. how I got back in there. after, you know, Amasu just talking to me like, hey, you just talk to him, just talk to him. That's and true. while he was refurbishing that building, he would tell me to come to Emerson. So I was helping him get the studio ready, you know, to be open mm-hmm. for his business. And he would like come to Emerson. And I ended up choreographing a dance for Emerson and then his studio opened. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in it. Like there, I'm a choreographer there you go there you go <laughs> i missed a lot of steps because i did choreograph some things you know independently while i came home in 06 uh stephanie parker she ends up being the artist that came out of Westside. i worked with her in 06 and 07 when i first came back home i, I but remember that i yeah. wasn't really dancing for myself i was really just like helping her with artist development and choreography okay so i didn't say that but i stopped dancing for myself and really just got into you know just How could I manage what it is that I I like to do? But dancing wasn't inspiring in Gary because there is no market for adult dance.
0: Well, there wasn't. I I think that Art Gary's getting back to this arts roots because Gary's a very uh, is rooted in the arts, music, uh, any arts, performing arts. Period. Mm -hmm. You know. So, but it is so you got back into dance. You started choreographing, and Mm -hmm. you know you. You've had all these experiences and stuff like that, and so where did that take you? So you had you were with Brewer, and you you were dancing with him, and you did uh, some stuff at your alma mater, more or less. Mm-hmm. And where 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 was that? What, what was the next? Because at the beginning of this, you said cause we're going to start going into when you decided to part ways with with being an employee and instead becoming the employer, starting to, you know do your own shop. So what what was that transition? I mean, like what what got to that point? What was mm-hmm. right before that? So you left a company, but we're not going to talk about that just yet. I want to hear Brewer choreographing and all that stuff. You got, and then you got to the last employer you had.
1: Okay, so I was uh, working with Mr. Brewer at Emerson and at his studio. His his business opened, was thriving, doing good. So. He opened in about oh nine. Only reason I remember this is because my little sister graduated in 2010. And I remember he's opened in her junior year. So by her senior year, I was full throttle being this instructor. So by the time 2010, 11 comes around, an opportunity for me to audition for the Bulls came around. It was very random. I was at my sister's uh, beauty salon and someone said, did you hear the ad on the radio? I told your sister to tell you about it. And I'm like, well, she didn't. So what What was it? And it was like the Chicago Bulls are looking for cheerleaders. They're having an audition. And I was like, well, thanks for telling me because my sister didn't. And I ended up auditioning and making it. And so I was working for a Lovables and working with Mr. Brewer at his studio. and. The first season, it was beautiful because everybody's like, oh, my God, our teachers dancing by the Bulls. And it was excitement, you know, exposure, exposure. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, not tension so much with Mr. Pruitt, but kind of tension. We just we weren't seeing eye to eye. And I was just like, I'm going to take a step back. And I walked away from it. But I was still doing the Bulls. But I was just like, oh, I, I'm not going to teach. I'm just gonna, I'm just going to dance and focus on me. And it's so, it's, life is beautiful. I'm, I'm gonna say why I said that, but I walked away from it. And when that dad, you know, he just hit me back, like, yo, the kids miss you, you, you should teach. And here we are with how Asia's Dance Factory was created.
0: Wow, wow, so you so you stepped down from Lovables as well as um, Mr. Brewer, Well,
1: that. E- no not at the same time okay. so 10 and 11 10 and 11 was when i became a lovable and i'd already been working with brewer okay my i caught i have three seasons with the bull so my first season i was doing both my second season i stepped away from mr brewer okay my third season i feel like tragedy hit my family and i had death 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 i had a, oh, a hard death that third year yeah, and then rough. i didn't make the team so the organization fired Everybody that had anything to do with um, the choreography, they didn't fire the dancers. They gave us the opportunity to audition for the new director and the new choreographer and entertain the um, director of entertainment. But I didn't make the cut. Oh. They cut me and I was like, so I experienced all this death, I part of all this ways and I just started my business last year and now y'all firing me? Like it was just like, oh, wow. oh, oh, oh. it was, it was gut wrenching. Cause I, I really I was excited to go into the next you know phase of oh my god like I've been with these people and I, I didn't really like like the choreographer of the bulls like that like not that I didn't like her but I was ready to do more mm-hmm. okay. and I was excited for what they were bringing in but you know the way I ended up like getting into my own and really focusing on Asia's Dance factory was because of me being cut from the bulls and I really feel like I'm spiritual. God God pushed me. Okay. Because my um my destiny with ADF was gonna be longer than my destiny with the bulls. Okay. And I see it that way now. I did not see it that way. Then I thought I was being punished. I, I'm like, why are you taking this from me when you know like this is all I've wanted? I wanted to have all, I wanted this, I wanted this. And everything was just like, go work for yourself. Yeah, wow. <laughs> everything that's, pushed that's me that huge. way.
0: Okay, so that's. That right there, Asia, is massive because sometimes a lot of people—it's so easy to get discouraged when the door is closed on you. It's so mm-hmm. easy, I mean, because you—you start to question everything. You're looking at oh, I everything. Gotta, I got these bills I gotta pay. I gotta figure it out, and and so I call this the leap. When you say I am just gonna do my thing full time, I'm gonna let go. I'm giving employment. It's walking papers, and I'm gonna be mm-hmm. happily unemployed. And
1: I'm right? gonna tell you what's funny. You know how sometimes you'll step out. And then somebody uh, cracked the door open and say, "You know you can still come back if you want to." Uh-huh. That happened. Okay. Before I was fired from the Bulls, they ended up asking us before they said, "No, okay, you all are going to audition." Now some of you don't make it, you know, there are these opportunities here. like they had like different teams, like they had the swinging seniors, they had um, junior lovables, Bulls, Bulls kids. and they asked all the girls, before we audition, did anybody want to coach these teams?" I said I would before I got fired. Right. Now after I got fired, I'm dating an older guy. I, I have I'm in a beautiful relationship. He's making me, you know, respect myself, help me get my money up, helping me with my business, like full throttle supporter. And I just was so sad. He was like, man, if you don't want that job, quit. Like you ain't gotta work. I said, but I made a commitment. Right, Like right. I committed to. And he like, if it don't fulfill you, Ooh,
0: that's how we do it. That's like it's always somebody just inching you know, the over the door. You know, you can come back in here to kind of sway you away from what you've been called and pulled. Like you're, it's confusion, but that's that's so great that you said that because that confusion sets in sometimes. It's it is so tasty, you get confused to the point where maybe it's not the t- right time, or oh, you know, I think I'm gonna go ahead and go back to the steady thing, mm-hmm. painfully consistent. It, it's it's tempting, it's like it's like that. It's like the snake in the garden, man. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, and I, I went all biblical there, but it's, it really is like that. That temp, that temptation is so there, you know? So that yeah. leap, you took this leap and that was huge mm-hmm. and incredible. You gave employment as walking papers. You took that that gamble. You said, all right, how did that feel? I got to hear this. This is the part I want to know. How did that feel? Like, what, what was, was your gut like, yo, why did you do that? <laughs> you know, like, how was I'm
1: gonna it? Say, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Cause I wasn't used to being told no. When it mm. comes to dance, sure. and when I, you know, when I was told no, I had something to tie it to. Like uh, I got an idea of why. Most times I could pinpoint why I didn't. Mm. When it came to that audition. I psyched myself out. I blanked. I don't blank at auditions. Normally, I'm in it. I'm in the zone. I remember blanking at this audition, but I still felt like you still was you were supposed to pick me because I'm Asia and I know like I can do the work. But when they didn't and they they told me like no nope, and they cut me in the first round, it wasn't oh, like dang. they were trying to keep me. They were like no, we really just didn't want you because first round cuts is like no, like that's the hard no.
0: Right. That's so clear. when I end up.
1: I ended up writing somebody that I knew was married to someone from Gary. And I said, yo, be straight up with me. Did I just totally bomb the audition or, you know, why didn't I make it? And she, she wrote me back. And it was so beautiful. As she said, you know, as you're a beautiful dancer, you just didn't make the cut. Like there were only 20 spots. When you were on the team, there were 25. We had to cut five. There's only 20 girls and, you know, there were just girls stronger than you. She said, Asia, but keep your head up. And I was like, thanks. I needed to hear that. Didn't want to hear it, but I needed to hear it. So when I had the opportunity to actually go back and coach, I believe I was supposed to be the coach of the Swing and Seniors. So I would have still been able to work with the Bulls organization. I would have actually, to me, and when I think back in hindsight, I wish I would have left that door open because, what other possibilities could I have been, but at the same time, at the expense of starting something that is what I have now is kind of, I look back on it and still say, could I have done it differently? Okay. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. Because I committed beforehand and I, I got bitter and got fired and that's why I said no, I think back on it morally in that way. Like, yeah, cause we're matured. Should I, I should have followed through with, yeah, because yeah. I'm more mature yeah, now more matured and matured I definitely more. feel like, you know, I made that decision off of emotion and not off of just c- keeping my commitment and right. honoring my commitment that I gave them. After that and starting ADF, that was it was like what they say. Every kick's a boost. Yeah. And it boosted me. So. So, OK, that's good. That's
0: that's awesome. Every, I like that. Every kick's a boost. That's I like that. I might, I might use that. Uh, I've mm-hmm. actually never heard that term before, but I do like it.
1: I heard that from Rue McClanahan from Golden Girls. I I love watching documentaries. Okay, okay. (laughs) She did an interview and she said her mom said that to her and I kept that with me. (laughs)
0: Wow. Wow. So that first. So what's this first year looking like? You gave up employment. You started your shop. You're, You're doing what's that. What's that first six months, that first year? Was there a struggle there?
1: So remember I told you there was a team that basically had everything planned out for me. I right. didn't have any of it planned out for myself. Mm-hmm. So this is not um, this is not when I left the Bulls. This is when I was still on the Bulls that this started. Okay. So you know, if you get what I'm going, I have to go back a little bit. No, no problem. When I left the Bulls, I was already, I had already done a sub program. And I was probably entering my second at that time. So it's a little different. When I first started, and everybody planned everything, everything was mapped out, signed contracts, and after the first week of classes, I had about four kids sign up, and then throughout the day, people would pop in. Now the goal was five hundred a kid, and you have four these four kids that have paid the five hundred, and you're like, oh my god, like, Look, money, it, it's yeah, ha- yeah, it's
0: happening,
1: it's happening, and okay, then yeah. and and someone, my very first week came into the studio and said, could I talk to you for a minute? And anytime you see someone that is carrying a clipboard, you kind of like, "Oh boy." no, nah, I thought I, I paid the bill. Like, okay, hey, oh what's she come to talk to me about? So she said, there's some discrepancy with the contract that we have. Um, this room cannot be given at that rate that it was given to you because you're not a member. The person who asked was. So now we're going to give you the rates based off of you not being a member. And I looked at her like, Can we talk about this after class? Like, because, you know, I'm here. I'm here now. And she said, no, because if you don't settle this now, you all are going to have to leave. Wow. And I remember feeling like, whoa. And I remember talking to Reagan Hatcher at the time, because she's the one who helped me get my LLC established. She's the lawyer that did it for me. (laughs) And I remember telling her, like, can they do that? Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, they cannot. And I remember they had to, they went back and forth. And the, the person, who the dad and the business manager who was helping me at the time, she was like, one monkey don't stop, no show. We ain't about to play these games with them. We'll let Reagan handle this. But moving forward, we're going to move shop to Gary. She said, Asia, this is this the option we got. Miss Gibbons will let you move into Banneker. It'll be a gym. You'll have bathrooms. She said "And uh, to the parents that are traveling from Cherville, we apologize. If we can't comp you, we'll see what we can do. But come to Gary. I had one kid it was like we want a refund because we're not coming all the way to gary but everybody else ended up coming to um to banneker for the last two weeks and we finished out the program had a beautiful video had a wonderful audience then we made it just a beautiful production and that was my first summer program and i remember feeling um defeated because after all of that move you know i felt embarrassed that we moved one Two, I felt embarrassed that we moved back to Gary, and I, my goal was not to start my business in Gary, which mm. is so funny to see I ain't now. Sorry, it's that, and yeah. it is. And three, I was more so like I didn't make any money. I broke completely even.
0: Well, look, I that, wasn't
1: in debt, it, but I was just like I literally, I literally have nothing, and I just remember sitting there like, why am I doing this? <laughs>
0: That, that's rough that's hard and, and that was your first that, that was why you were still employed though right
1: I was still dancing with the Bulls I was still dancing with the Bulls and I was still remember at the uh, the other dance studio yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so so with that how many students did you end up having no not at
1: the other dance studio but Mr. Emerson.
0: Brew oh you were doing mm-hmm. Emerson's too so,
1: I was doing Emerson Yep. Yeah. okay so so
0: with that how many students did you end up having like when, when that when you did your final performance how many how many students were performing
1: it wasn't 10. It was a little under 10.
0: It wasn't 10. Wow. Okay. So, what did you, you gain from that? What did you change moving to the next phase? Like
1: After getting over not making money, I started to look at what did go right. Mm-hmm. And after mm-hmm. um, we had someone that actually recorded the video or recorded the um, performance, he ended up, he was like, let me, I'm going to make it a show. And he ends up just making it a beautiful production. I watched it. And I'm like, but I have something. Okay. Like, and for him to put it together, I was like, I have something that I can build. Now I have a year.
0: Nice. Okay.
1: I have a year to get it right. So I remember that following year. Um, so now this is going into my third year. This is my roughest year of the roughest on Bulls. Right. And I remember um, some of the girls on the team. I would I would get flyers made of myself, like, and I would get T-shirts that says Asia Dickens Dance, and it would be me and one of my teammates. I thought she was being funny at the time, but she really wasn't. She was bigging me up, and she was saying, "Asia, she's a celebrity. Asia's dance you Put your kids in." And I used to be like, "Girl, shut up! Like, that's it, embarrassing." But she like, hype girl. I remember her saying, "Like, that's yo, a, that's like, your
0: hype, hype girl, yeah."
1: Like, and she got her own studio, and I just remember like. Studio, I'm running a spec, and she's like Asia. Like I, it, I just remember it. her on the team, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in bigging me up. So my third year on the Bulls uh, was my second year of doing Asia's Dance Factory and uh, the summer intensive, summer uh, camps. And I remember starting it at the Hudson Campbell, and they they were so nice to me. And it was a, a full dance studio with full mirrors, mm-hmm. bathrooms are right across the hall. They'd be like, uh, I said, but I need an area for the kids to eat because I'm about to get uh, food services. Gary's going to provide food for the kids to eat. So I'm like, I'm thinking, like, I'm like, how can I make this better than last year? So I have food services. I got a building where it's almost like my own studio because it's in the health gym, the Hudson and Campbell Sports uh, Complex, where there's basketball, there's a tennis court. I'm like, parents, parents are going to be coming in and out of here. Yeah, so I, I chose a beautiful location. And I while. just remember that that second year, I went from 10 kids to 40.
0: Wow. Wow. 10 to 40 in the second year, in two years. In two wow, years. That's, that's huge. Wow. Asia, that's incredible. You're approaching uncanny at this point. You know what I mean? Like to go from 10 to 40 and this was just a summer intensive, right?
1: Yes. But ideally, out of fact, remember we moved to Banneker? Yeah. When I moved to Banneker, the principal came to the performance and she said, oh, you got to bring this in my school. So after I did that summer intensive, I ended up doing after school at the same time. So that's why me and Mr. Brewer, I was OK with fizzling it out because I was already I had my summer program. This principal said I could do after school here. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing after school here. And then, you know, here it is, you know, that connection with that after school program is really why I actually have um, a summer intensive. And I, 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 my dates are wrong. I did the after school program and then I ended up doing the summer program because they were like why aren't you doing something else. Oh
0: wow. why so, are you so,
1: oh, Why are you only doing after school? Why aren't you keeping this going?
0: That's how you know you that's that's how you know you like doing it. Just like wait. Yeah <laughs> cuz I'm like, wait. Cuz you are
1: busy, doing things. I did you're that, I you're did that first.
0: Yeah, you doing. Yeah, I did af- sure. I
1: did after school first because I'm like wait, how do I get all them dang on kids? But yeah, that's how I got all them kids. The kids knew me from Banneker. Okay. And my okay. first year they didn't know me. Like that. Like only two kids from Banneker actually came to the summer program. So I'm like, how are all these parents asking? And they ain't even show up. So after I end up being successful, that second year, you know, people kept coming back to after school and they're like, So you doing something now for the summer? And now it's like, Okay, time to shine, I gotta make them come. And okay. all of them kids from Banneker they end up showing up and bringing cousins and family and friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I okay, so wow. So after school, summer camp, summer intensive, mm-hmm. I don't want to call it summer camp, that's, I feel like that's kind of playing it down, summer intensive, and you're, you're what age group are you in? I mean, this is just real quick. What, what age group? Is this all ages? Like from starting at what age, at that time?
1: So my summer, and it's funny you say that, I was calling it a summer camp for almost four years. And it took for somebody, and you know, I, I'm a learner. It took for somebody to say, stop calling the camp. Call it an intensive. And I was like, okay, intensive. So I I was a summer camp. And I'm happy you you pointed that out because it took someone to, you know, sometimes we just don't see ourselves. We don't see the value in what we have. We don't see how valuable we are. And it took for somebody to say, you're doing more than just a camp.
0: It's going Mike. back to, yeah, it's going back to that, you know, when you, try to think, when you think about people's wallets and you're trying to like, oh, can I charge that much? You, you, you're you're shortchanging yourself. So, yeah, and you know, I will. Summer was. intensive. It sounds so much like it, it has a nice little vibe to it, a nice little aura to it. So It you, does. You went out. So you already established. So by the time you go and say, I'm done being an employee and I'm going to mm-hmm. do this full on. I'm going to do this as, you know, a culmination of what I've been doing. 2000 2013 is that about when do i have my dates mm-hmm. right okay 2013 so you're on your own you're this is your employment you know yeah what was that like when you just let go of all the ties to security and consistency and all that stuff what was that like because that that's, grind, huh it was a grind, huh? grind
1: yeah and i was in a beautiful relationship at the time and it's funny i <laughs> He didn't want me to start Asia's Dance Factory only because he had a very successful business and he was just like, you know, you ain't gotta work. Mm. You don't have to go do that for yourself. Like, and I don't want you, I don't want your dream to get, um, how would he put it? And I, I knew it was love and Deferred. you know, it, it was love, but at the same time, it was an insecurity of his. He didn't want me to get burnt out from the people of Gary. And he was like, instead of you being burned out, you know work with me you know we have something because i was helping him at the time doing choreography and stuff and i was making good money with him and he was just like you know why burn yourself out on people that you know how they are like you may value your business this and i, I truly understand where he's coming from i, right. I truly I get, get it, it. I, and I, it's just saying I know, you exactly know, what he's
0: saying i know exactly what he's saying for sure yeah
1: you ain't got to do that but you know i still got on my grind i still did those after school classes and if I got in a bind, I'd look at him and he wouldn't look at me like, I told you, you know, you know, Gary, people can be unreliable sometimes, like, you know, you go hit this rough yeah. patch. Mm-hmm. And I used to be like, I know, I know, but he believed in it. If he saw that I went, he, he rolled. So I appreciated him in that moment, but I really got on my mind. It's one of those things
0: That's where- That's what happened. Oh, wow. And so it's one of those things where it's like, I don't have to do it, but I want to do it. I wanted to. You were pretty much established, so you had a good little nest egg. Like you decided, hey, I, I'm good. I, I don't have to work a job for someone else. Like you had that moment, is that like you just had that aha moment and you took that leap. I did. And and at this point, it really wasn't much of a leap. Really, it was more like I got fired, and I'm a little bit, I'm a little bitter about that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't want to take that little job. I said, I know I said I was gonna do it, but now I'm not gonna do it because you fired me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, and that's and, that's really
1: what I did. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no, I know. I, I I got I gathered that. I gathered that. And so you just said I'm gonna just set out on my own. I was like I'm already doing this. I'm already making you know money. And were you making a living? I mean, you were making money. Were you making a living when you when you gave up on employment? Were you making a living with it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you,
1: okay. I would I say yeah, because nice. I'm firm believing Doing my taxes, and yes, every yes. time you know you 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 write out all your expenses and you write out everything that comes
0: in and i'm just like so asia's dance factory is making money that's nice that's nice it's a long way from where you were when you were in banneker just like i didn't make any money this first year in the gym yeah. breaking even yeah <laughs> you you you're a long way from yeah. that that's that's that, that's gotta feel amazing let's talk about that how does that feel just you were once at that i just broke even which let's be real that's a you know that's an amazing thing in and of itself you know that first year or whatever breaking even yeah. not in the hole but now all these, you know some years later you're like wow i'm really making money here doing my thing yeah that's awesome yeah. that's yeah. wow wow <laughs> so i gotta ask so fast forward is 2023 2020 mm-hmm. stuff like that you know fast forward what are some of the other opportunities that have come up you know adf is Fully functional. I mean, you're in on the other side of the world, right? Yeah. Running your business like that's how that's how established you are. So that that's incredible. What are some opportunities that came up? No, I mean you did it. That that you put in that work and you did it, and that's that's awesome. You know that that grind for sure. What other opportunities? You know, with not necessarily ADF, but just other opportunities as an artist, as a business owner, as you know all those all the different facets that make Asia Asia. You have now got business sense because you've been running a business for 10 years, or more than 10 years. You have, you know, you're a dancer, you know, professional at this point, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, what opportunities have those things combined led to, if any? It's fine. It didn't? I'm just curious if it did. No. Um, so after the
1: Bulls. As far as professionally for me, I ended up not really focusing on myself as a dancer anymore because I started realizing when Asia's Dance Factory like really was getting established in 2013 and 14. because after that second summer and I realized 40 kids came back and I would do the following year and, and I would keep these kids, I would keep consistently 40 to 50 kids in after school programs. and. I just started so, like, realizing like true. yo like these kids actually rock with me they like the information because i'm if you if you any kid that has had me as a teacher knows that i don't just teach dance like i'm going i'm going to mentor you okay That's what's i like. care about how you talk so i started realizing I, I started liking that relationship and all these experience bad experience and, and they were far far in between that i had with teachers were developing you know the leader in me because That's probably what my path was going to end up being anyway, that I was going to end up mentoring a kid or, you know, kids. And I just felt like the professional route for me kind of died down because I saw myself being more of an educator and more of a mentor and more of a businesswoman than I did being a performer, which it's it was so hard for me to accept because I only saw myself as I want to be a background dancer for Missy Janet Jackson Usher. I want to go do this route.
0: And so right here, because you've been doing it for so long at this point, you're talking <laughs> a very 20 years exactly almost. And I want to know what's the what's some wisdom that you can draw?
1: Um, I have this conversation daily with family. Uh, I have it with, with people that work at my studio. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not happy, and if you are miserable, but you're making money, you have to make a change. And sometimes that change is scary because you don't know if you step, if you're gonna slip a little bit, you know what I mean? But what's the difference if you're at a job and you slip a little bit and they just decide to let you go? You know what I mean? At least when you're on your own and you slip a little bit, you have control in how you get back up and what direction you go in. You slip with a job, it's your ass, Mr. Postman, like you out, like, you know what I mean? They gonna pull somebody else in. So to me it. it's like And not think twice about it Like and you know the, on the bigger platform If you die yep. Yep. Your family is going to get a flower And in the next week Your job is going to be up there No matter if you gave them 20 years 30 years or 15 Your yep. job that you care all this time about Is going to go up And somebody is going to feel it It's
0: yep. the reality It is true Wow, that's
1: So that, that's the biggest thing that I could say Like you know you can you can give every reason on why you, you you can't do something or why it's hard or you know, but I got these bills currently right now. You gonna have them bills whether or not you know
0: one way or the other, you're gonna have the bills because you have a life. You exist.
1: You're gonna have that job. Do you always get an opportunity to go do something for yourself? And now the way the world is working, everybody's unlocking that, you know, being an entrepreneur you know, there's free money for you to go grab. You know, that the the riches of the rich, the reason why the school system was even created was not to create entrepreneurs, but it was to create workers. Yep. Yep. And now that people are unlocking that and they're seeing like, oh, I could be doing what they're doing and how they became rich. They don't want to do the hard work at the bottom, though, because it is tough. It, yeah. It is tough trying to figure out, well, who gonna give it to me? <laughs> where, I'm, where I'm gonna get it from? That part is hard. And you know, I say to that, find somebody that, that hears you, even if it's one person. And if that one person is you and you only believe in yourself, you know, that is sometimes enough.
0: I love that because that's when you, that's when you step on like, watch me do it. That's like my, that, that I, I came up with that concept. It came from a song, I don't remember what song, but I, I started thinking I was like, you know, people are, not, are doubting me or don't believe me or they got that fake hope. And it's not about me, but I'm saying with people out there, watch me do it. I love what you shared. That, that was incredible, was for real. That was absolutely uh. incredible. I. I have to ask this question. If, okay. Is there anything that you would have done differently? Like, really, like, I'm not talking about, oh yeah, the, the obvious, the little this, that, yeah, I'm talking about for real. Like stuff, you can just look back like, man, I really wish I could have done that differently. Not because it was bad, but because it was just, it went down a different path and more roundabout. about whatever, whatever the case
1: was. It, it does, and that's how my wheels get to turning, because you know, you having me go back all these years is making me think back to triumphs, is thinking of trials that I went through. Um, that the biggest thing that I would change and it's things that I'm actually learning now, like just because I've been in business for 10 years, does not mean I, I'm the smartest in business because I'm not. Okay. And that's probably the weaker area of my business is business. <laughs> yeah, okay. And you know, it's, it's by the grace of God and it's by me, you know, just making sure that I know what I'm supposed to know, or if I don't know, I figure it out. Yeah. But the biggest thing that I would change is just because um, I have this business as a creative. I put so much emphasis in the creativity to make people, um, look at my business as appealing to come in. I put so much emphasis on that, that I didn't put emphasis on running and operating the business. And if I would have learned that at the same time, I feel like I wouldn't have had to backtrack some years. The only business thing that I was like firm on was because I was doing it before I was paying taxes. And I was just scared of taxes. And I, I remember my, my sisters and all of them having children and they would say, you would get this back. And I'm like, do I gotta do taxes with a business? And you know, yeah, you do. That was the main thing I was uh, really, I was really targeting was just paying my taxes, making sure I never owed anybody, right. you know, not being in debt. And that was the basis of what where I stood. So if I could go back and change something, it would be accountability, being more responsible, and doing the hard work. And the hard work with people, when people say do the work, everybody makes that work so vague. And work is when you say, well, I don't know how to do this. Well, go fucking find out.
0: Yes. Yes. Figure it out. Because guess what? That's the work. No, you, you, you're an adult now. Nobody's going to hold your hand. You know what I mean? And And people that get their hands held get a rude awakening at some point. It's just, that's just real. Like, you're going to wake it. up, and are like, oh, damn, I didn't, I didn't know I had to do that. So, that, yeah. I like that. You kept it very, that was very 100 right there. I really love that. So, <laughs> so my question is, what's the future looking like for ADF? Like, what, what are you, what's, what's the projection? What's the hopes? What's the dreams? I mean, what or for Asia, in, just in general, what's that future? 2022-23, um, um,
1: I always like to keep them in seasons. Okay. So, you know, Asia's Dance Factory started in 2012. And by 2016, after having four years of after school, we end up moving into our own studio. Okay. And that studio um, was the second year of our competition team. And that's what my studio is really based around, competition dance. And in what, it's been, we started the studio in 2016? Seven years. Seven years, I know I had to count it, but it's wow, eight dance years. seasons, it's eight dance seasons, okay. because seven years in that space was my second, I mean, the first, the first year I moved into my studio, it was my second competition team, if that makes sense. Okay. So the years are a little, they don't, they don't match. Okay. So it's my eighth, it's my eighth dance season, and that is the future of Asia's Dance Factory. Okay. So we started the, the dance studio because we started realizing, okay, we started as a recreational after school thing, and then we started doing these summer camps that turned into summer intensives there are so many talented kids that are actually picking up the technique, actually wanting to go out. I've, I've taken kids, you know how Mr. Bruce took me to New York? I've taken kids to New York from Asia's Dance Factory. Wow. And you know, when it got to the point where, okay, the, the training that I'm giving them, oh, this is like, I'm a mini inner in my own right. Like these kids are coming from not knowing how to do a simple basic CLIA to actually being technically trained. I started realizing, oh, I, I wanna create this hub for dancers to learn the competitive dance world. So the future of Asia's Dance Factory is, I want to do more competitive dance, And I also want to incorporate tumbling and cheer and majorette. I want to continue to branch out the competitive side because growing up in Gary, I did not experience competition dance studios at all. I'm the only competitive dance studio in Gary, Indiana. And it's really one of the things I pride myself on because I didn't even realize it until like this past year. Like I know I'm a black owned dance studio and there's other dance studios around me, but nobody focuses on this genre. And you know a lot of people question well, what what why is competition dance so important? Um for when sure. you audition for a, when yeah. you audition for a gig is it not competition? When you're going to a job interview is it not an audition? Ooh-wee. When you're is it not nuggets. competition? Nuggets. Come on nuggets. Like I am <laughs> I am teaching these kids character and I'm also teaching them confidence because a lot of parents now don't understand what it means to teach your kid confidence. Oh man. Like to teach wow. them to keep their head high to believe in themselves. So to me, this channel of competition dance is it's like a lost art in our community. Because you know, in inner cities, you know, Gary's rough. It
0: is. You just oh. dropped some nuggets there. I did. Yes. Okay. oh yes, ma'am. You dropped some serious nuggets there because you saw, you spoke on that competition. Like why do you compete? Because first of all, and I and I'm, I'm looking as a musician, I'm looking like you compete because if you're serious about this, it forces you to step your game up. Because uh-huh. guess what? That one over there, that one over there is gonna be better than you unless you come with it unless you step it up now I'm not saying oh you gotta win but we all like to win That's, you know and then you add the nugget was came when you were talking about how it teaches them how to be respectable teaches them how to have confidence teaches them how to compete in the real world because guess what the real world's competitive every job everything that you're doing you're competing with somebody somewhere and you gotta be you gotta understand you can't be like, oh, I lost and just go pout in the corner and you know, give up on your life for a week or two. You know, life doesn't give out participation trophies. It really does not.
1: That that participation thing and I just I'm doing it just to do it, it's one of the other reasons why I really wanted a competition studio. You can come here just to come here, but on this team, you can't just be here. You have to actually sign a contract, you know, and I that's I mean, the that is the huge umbrella over Asia's Dance Factory. It's competition teams, then it's open classes, and then it's all right, you can just be here for fun. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, there's levels, and it's so funny. Asia's Dance Factory, and that's why that's at the bottom of because that's what Asia's Dance Factory stands on. We started this business to bring out the excitement, to bring out the love of it, and I, I want that foundation to stay there. So, I, I I see the future being like I want more kids to come, not just to be on my competition teams, but to see, you know, the reason why I'm sticking it out and keeping my business in gear when I moved over here to Asia is because it's needed. Yeah. It's needed. Yeah. There's no one there like me. And I pride myself in that. For For like you. nobody's doing what I do and right. I do it well. The creativity of my business. For For sure. Yeah, the cre- creativity of my business is what kept me a- around.
0: That's, that's what's up. You are a wealth of information, experience. I love your stories. You, you know, we laughed, you know what I'm saying? We got real. And I just love that. And of course, anytime I can connect to hometown, anytime I can do that, I just, that's always amazing for me. And I'm, I'm proud of myself because I didn't, we didn't go down a hometown tangent uh, too much. <laughs> but, but we were able to still talk about it because it's such a big part of, what asia's dance factory is what it was when it started and who you are so I, I do like that we got to do that i just want to thank you so much for coming on here and just pointing out you know giving me that 360 view, giving given our listeners the 360 view of what it takes to go out there and do that you dropped some awesome nuggets uh and i'm excited for what's next for you personally and what's next for asia's dance factory so thank you this is where I you can do shameless plugging. Plug yourself, please. <laughs> Go for it. Cause I don't know your business, you do. So please. Plug.
1: No, well thank thank you so much for having me. And sometimes when I say we, I really say I'm saying we and I'm saying Asia Dickens and Asia's Dance Factory. And I know that sounds so crazy, but we really are two different, you know. We're two different entities, yeah. Yeah. but, uh, but no, thank you so much for having me. This was probably one of the best things that could happen right now being oh, in wow. Asia. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, I've been here for a year and the goal when I came here was just to open a dance studio and to just start classes. And when I got here, it was like good at that. I was that ambitious but also kind of um, ignorant that I would think that I could just come out here to a country that I've never been to and just started without learning something first. And I should have known to come out here and learn. So it's beautiful that I, that we're doing this interview because it's taking me back to my why. Yes. And okay. my shameless plug for Asia's Dance Factory is just asiasdancefactory.com, Asia's Factory on TikTok, Asia's Dance Factory on Instagram and on Facebook. Awesome. Thank you so much, AJ. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Really glad to have you. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Take care.